Wait, what's your podcast called? Do you have a name? Uh, did I just name it? What did I name it, Stephanie? The Getting There Show. The Getting There? Mm-hmm. Dope. And good thing you're recording that because that could be like the intro. That could be the intro. Uh, what did I name this show? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode one of the Getting There Show. Um, I'm your host, Nick Torres, and in my kitchen is professional music producer dj um men's uh menswear extraordinaire engelman maybe not that last part well used to be maybe i don't know it could could come back maybe again we'll see we'll see but dude thanks so much for hanging out yeah this is exciting this is fun i'm i'm super excited on on the first one yeah absolutely technically i did have one episode from like three years ago but uh not gonna worry about that one it's all good post it Maybe. Why not? We'll see. We'll see how far it's changed. We will get into us uh, writing a song together, which is totally crazy to me, by the way. Did we do that? We did do that. Oh, dope. Uh, that was a couple, <laughs> couple weeks ago, a month ago. A couple months. It was released like September 10th. Time is weird for me these days. And it's October now. It is October. Now. What's today's date? October October 18th is today's date. Wow. I don't know when this is going to so, go. Sometime soon. Past a month. Yeah. Dang. That's crazy. Upload it tomorrow. Why not? I will. Yeah. I got to find the audio and the video. I'll figure it out. Well, it's right here and right there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. So uh, I do want to get a little bit into um, your story. And obviously, you know, you, you've been on a couple of podcasts recently. Uh, I know there's a couple of things that you've shared more so about, you know, the grind, L.A., the, the van life, all those different things. But uh, what's interesting to me is sort of where you started. Uh, and I'm thinking back to like 2012, uh, first getting into UTSA, going through, uh, going through your business plan. I mean, one thing that I think uh, aligns really well and why we're uh, we're really good friends is the fact that we both have um, connections uh, to, you know, feeling passionate about the business world, um, but also uh, that passion for music. And I feel like, I don't want to say polar opposites, but I'm obviously very deep in the business world and, and you're very deep in music. And I think, you know, we if we would have known each other back in high school, we would have probably really gotten along and we still get together, uh, get along together now. And I think, I think that's kind of why. So are you asking me for a partnership right now? Um, you know, you're already signed up, dude. <laughs> I feel like we're already past that. <laughs> uh, you, you, we, we, we already signed the NDA, um, back in LA. So, you know, all right, we're so, good. Sounds good. Um, so San Antonio 2012, um, oh, walk me through, you know, your, your high school band, how that connects to, to college and, and what, where your mindset was, uh, those four or five years in college. In college. So like talk about like my high school days and how I, how that transition. So you, uh, he- heavy, heavy music, right. You were in a band. Um, that was obviously a passion and, and, oh, you know, why did you go to school? Where, where did that, where did that pool come from? So all through high school i was transitioning a lot i just told my dad like changes a lot and when i first got to high school i think i posted on my i actually posted on my story um yesterday i was wearing like this boys like girls t-shirt. i did see that yeah nice, nice merch and it was um that was the first day of like freshman year like i was wearing that shirt so and then i ne- the following year like i had super long hair just like scene kid 
um well it was like scene slash like hardcore kids that's what my group would call ourselves like the hardcore kids and then i started um that's when i was in the garage band and stuff like that then i transitioned into like more of the popular crowd and hung around the dance team so it's like i went from like wearing like having super long hair like getting a razor cut straightening my hair every single morning um i did that by the way yeah i mean it was it was fun it was dope like um i would after straightening hair you'll get like the wax or whatever pomade you would use at the time i think i was using this like fiber paste and that was really dope and you'll like get your hair twisted to make it like look more um not really greasy just like you just woke up like that was a look just waking up so and then like as i went to like the end of high school i had like a buzz cut like my senior year i remember no it was the junior year my friends and i um we went to miami with the drill team and we all buzz our haircut at the hotel we were staying in like the bathroom it like all of us just buzzed it so it was like i went from like having super long hair to like buzzing my hair huge change huge change i went from listening to hardcore music and pop punk music so like all time low um to like bringing the horizon stephanie saw all time low here in san antonio uh probably around that time frame so all time low humble brag all time low was dope she uh she said she took a couple of pictures for me uh but then she accidentally deleted them so i don't have those pictures back in like 2000 like 2009 2010 yeah yeah that was a good time for them yeah they were i think they just um at that time they were coming out with weightless i think that was in 2009 weightless like a where their sound completely changed they got signed to i think a new label and like their sound was sounding more futuristic than but anyways so um yeah so i went from listening to hardcore pop punk music being in garage bands then and by the time of high school i was listening to mainly like hip-hop pursued by or um influenced with like mac miller i was very hipster so r.i.p mac rip like um i was a very hipster like i was listening to high res at that time and he's um high res felly felly is like blowing up right now he's like this california long-haired dude um and i mean i remember listening to felly and he was like 14 i remember listening to his like first like that's crazy like i don't know i think it was his ep i'm not sure i still remember like the image of it I was, so i was like the still i was always a hipster in the music realm but i was finding these all these cool artists and um my buddy was um freestyling all the time we were just always like you know i guess i just just what you do when you are in high school you freestyle a lot so i was like yo why don't I just make some beats so that's how like the whole entire like production side of it came in because i wanted to make instrumentals for them to rap over just for fun like i was i didn't like actually see myself like doing that like fully because i always knew i was gonna go to college mm-hmm. um but i always wanted to do some of the music even before that side when i was in garage bands we were always talking about like, going on tour um and like doing like i think it was like 
boys like girls where they um were touring while in high school a lot of bands like oh yeah at the time were, that whole scene they were all touring while in high school and we're like how do you do that it's like i don't know just like homeschool or something like we don't know so like but that's what we wanted to do we were watching like the all-time low like straight to dvd like and that inspired us like we were like dude let's do this but the problem was that i was the only one that's like saying like hey like we gotta practice they were like more on um hey let's watch music videos and get inspired and that'll make us famous nah i was like yo we, you gotta put in the work yo we gotta make songs because like, if you don't put in the work how are you gonna get there that, that's a plug for the name of the name of the podcast and it's a golden nugget it is so um yeah so it was like i was all i think i was always the guy that wanted to actually you know do stuff like put the work in and um not just chill back and yeah that was like my high school days and then during that break of going um right before i graduated high school i was like yo i want to be a music producer because mm-hmm. i was like yo producing is fun and i can see myself becoming an actual music producer working with like a lot of artists and then during the summertime i was like well oh no open my own record label music is like life i was dancing to music i was making music like everything was involved in music like my whole entire life so why not open a record label and then i'm always going to be around music so i want and then i'm not just a one genre type of person um i was listening to country hip-hop like i said like all time low like pop punk hardcore music not really electronic music but i knew it was going it was coming Mm -hmm. so i was anticipating like i'm going to have all these different genres and like that's that's the record label i want and then that's why i went to school was to study entrepreneurship so i can understand how to open my own business Real quick, let's just uh, touch on how ironic it is that there's an entrepreneurial uh, degree. Yeah, it's very ironic. And they never actually taught me how to open a business. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, like... That's too bad. Like, I was like, where are the steps to, like, officially open a business? Like, I had to read books, like, and I actually, like... Like, one thing is when you open a business... You don't actually, if you're a real entrepreneur, you don't actually go to the um, courthouse. Yeah, the courthouse and get a DBA and stuff like that. You just go do it. You just, yeah, you just do it. Which that's, when I did my beard oil, that's the first thing I did was like, okay, well, I want to make it official. So I went to a courthouse. I spent like, I think it was like $26 for the DBA. And then I did all this stuff. I'm like, I did all the administrative stuff. That's what I learned during my beard oil stuff was like, I was working more on the, business side of it like doing all the official stuff instead of actually going out and selling my gotcha. beard oil so yeah that's that's a really ironic thing uh, i can relate so uh, i've had a couple of uh businesses in the past and not all of them but one or two of them i did have uh, a bank account and you know a dba for the business before i had a sale <laughs> which yeah. you know it just it, it feels good to do those things and and to be official and you know have the name and you know i know think that- it's like popping your cherry your business cherry you had to on your first one you just have to like i mean i was very i was entrepreneurial during um my high school days like i mean i was selling candy like you know every high like every entrepreneur in high school they sell candy yep like i was that guy that was selling candy and I remember I, 
my first contract I sold was with my buddy, and I was making a lot of money. And he was like, "Yo, why don't we do like a partnership? Like, um, like we split everything even, even." And I was like, "Okay." So we were like two of us were selling candy, and then dude, that's awesome. Yeah, like, and our wallets were like getting pretty fat with like one dollar like candy mafia. W- yeah, one dollar bills. Like, that was a good amount. Like, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, um. I don't know what the point of that story was. No, but. no. I mean, so, you know, I feel like, you know, when you, when you're passionate about business, when you're an entrepreneur, you, um, you kind of have that itch early on. Yeah. You know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's no surprise that, you know, you were, you were the person in your band who was a little bit more organized, wanting to make sure, you know, these are the things we need to do to push this forward. Uh, because a band, by the way, for anybody who's in high school or anybody listening to this, uh, is a business, right? Uh, is a brand, is a business, you know, any, any musician, any artist, you know, uh, even more so in 2019 than, than before. Um, you got to think about those things as a business and being that person to pull it all together, um, having the ideas for the beard oil company, um, being, being the one to, to hone that in, um, you know, it totally makes sense that you had that early on, uh, in grade school, I'm guessing high yeah. school, middle school, something like that. Um, yeah, for sure. High school. I think it was when it was, I actually noticed it and mm-hmm. I started getting that business mindset. I mean, during the whole entire grade school, I think I was always just, I was always a follower. So I always put myself in the wrong crowd where it's like I always hung out with like people that want to just cause trouble, you know, like, but I was like this good conscious guy that's like, yo, <laughs> they were like, hey, like this, um, let's go spray paint this thing. I'm like, um, I really don't want to do that. And then I would always be the one, like, I would go with them, like, you know, but it's like, I was the only one in the group with a, a conscious, like, that says like, hey, this is bad. But, um, I don't know. I keep on going on these random tangents that just no. pop in my brain. You're but, good, man. You're good. But, um, so through, but I think during the high school, I was like, okay, like I was getting more mature and like starting to become my actual, my own person instead of being like somebody else's like follower. Like I was becoming like, Hey, like what, what can I do for myself instead of what can I do for other people, which is kind of selfish, but as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be selfish. If you're not selfish, you're not going to make money for yourself. You're not going to make profit. So then you end up just being a worker to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I'm not saying that you should be selfish because you're always being selfless to your client, your customer, your whoever you're helping out. Yeah, I think there's a fine line there. And I think that's where some people, I mean, one that comes to mind, uh, kind of funny, but like the Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. That's an example of where the the greed goes way the other way, way too far, right? Um, and like you said, if you don't have that drive, it's hard for you to get the sale. It's hard for you to be the type of person to be able to push the business forward. But you need to find that balance between, you know, okay, I got to do what's right for my customers. I got to do what's right for my employees. Um, but I also got to do what's right for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and find, finding that balance, I think is a challenge for a lot of people. But once you, once you're able to vibe with that, um, good things happen for sure. And speaking of Wolf on Wall Street, there's actually a, that, that happened like in the nineties, right? Yeah. So there's something that's going on or it's been going on for the past couple of years 
that's very similar to that age, like the Wolf on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And it's like Instagram, like influencers buying all their followers and then selling accounts on, not selling accounts, selling, um, having businesses um, pay them for ads pay and for stuff. Ads. Yeah. Which is like, so they're like paying. It's so inflated. Like, they're paying for nothing. Yeah. It's like all these scams. And it's like, they're also paying, having these 14 year olds like saying like, hey, do you want to learn how to grow your Instagram account? And then giving them like all these notes. It's like, so there's like, that's like, I was watching Wolf on Wall Street like a couple, like I think last month. I was like, yeah, this is like, what's going on in the Instagram world is exactly what's going on like on Wolf on Wall Street. Like all these scammers. Yep. So I just thought that was a very interesting point. No, it, it is. Uh, I think any sadly with as kind of messed up as the world is there, there's a bunch of great people out there by the way there's a bunch of great people in finance there's, there's a, a bunch of great people in on instagram and you know running ads and all that um shout out to flip mass um but uh any platform that we have anything that we sell anything that we do at some point someone ends up exploiting it and you know, people get a little money hungry, they hear about it and, and it becomes a thing until, you know, hopefully at some point, uh, it gets shut down. So I'd like to think that Instagram at some point would start adjusting, uh, on these things and make sure that that doesn't happen. Because if you look at the finance world, unfortunately, there's still, um, the things that, that happen that, that shouldn't, um, but the things that used to happen back in the nineties and, and, you know, all these different things, um, those for sure don't, because there are uh, certain guidelines in place that, I mean, happening. once there's a problem, I mean, they had to find a solution. That's why, like, there's always going to be a problem because if there's no problems, there's no solutions and this, the world would be boring and dry. Totally. Like, um, but I want to give a shout out to Baller Busters on Instagram for busting all these fake gurus. Oh, do they do that? Yeah. Like, what's their handle? Baller, Baller Busters. Busters. Oh, yeah. Go, go figure. And then, um, like, it's, it's dope because... They don't just say, hey, this person is a scammer. No, nah. they gather all this data from people that are like saying like, hey, this person screwed me over. This person scammed me. Here's actual like text messages and emails and like they do their research. Full on expose. Yeah. Before they like bust somebody, they do all this research and then then they're like, okay, well, now it's time to actually bust you because this is like a nah this isn't like a hunch this is a for sure like we gotta save these kids that are 14 years old that are spending their parents money spending thousands of dollars on a course and not getting not 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 just like not getting a good course but not getting anything like yeah they always they'll give them a like thousand dollars or so and then no reply like so, like, so not even the 10 page PDF no, that's no, already no. This, out there for free. They do like legit scams and this baller bus, really nothing. Baller busters is like, yo, like don't be doing this. Like you don't follow these people. Don't like they they take pictures of jets, act like it's theirs, but it's like eight other people have the exact same photos as you. Like that's the worst man. It's like, it's a cut. Like, so, um, yeah, shout out to them for helping out. Totally. So let let's go uh, let's go to sort of fast forward. I know we're, we're getting through a lot of really good things, um, but you're now graduated from college, right? You've got you got the business degree. Um, you're you're thinking about 
you know, beard oil company that's, that's getting off the ground. You're, you're also wanting to pursue this music thing. And, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this sort of struggle, right? Because, um, I, I can speak for, for myself and a lot of people that, that I've, I've talked to and a lot of people that I know, uh, a lot of us go to school because we feel like that's what you're supposed to do. That's the, that's the next thing you check that box and a lot of times I mean, it's, a good, it's a good box it is a good box to it's check. expensive box yeah it's absolutely a, i hate how expensive it is yeah no no regrets <laughs> for me by the way uh I, I kept going got a couple other degrees i'm very happy with my decision i'm just a big advocate of you don't necessarily have to check that box there's other boxes you can check instead um but good box to check nonetheless uh, but as it relates to what you're doing now you know obviously um the connection of, of you building a brand, you building a business, uh, everything that you learned, a lot of what you learned should be able to, to help you do what you do in the future. Um, but making that decision, you know, uh, making that decision to not go to an accounting firm um, and to go all in, you know, tell me a little bit about your mindset around that time and, and what made you flip that switch. So in 2015 is when I started the beard oil company and that's when I started reading and everything like that. And I mean, I was around people that, you know, they wanted to have this secure job, but they want to be like, I'm, I was in accounting course. Like I have an accounting degree. So of course I'm around people that are like, yo, I'm going to be doing accounting for my life. Everybody in the, would be talking like, Hey, like what kind of content do you want to be? Audit, tax, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking accounting to become an accountant. I'm taking accounting so when I have a company, I can um, know my accounting, do my accounting work, and like know when somebody's going to screw me over or not. Got it. So it was more of a accounting was more to help my entrepreneurial phase, but it's like I was always surrounded by all these people that wanted to secure jobs, and so I think when reading entrepreneurial books kind of helped me put. A mindset that like um it's okay to like struggle and chase your dreams and you're able to not get out a loan that's like twenty thousand dollars to do a business thing like um the lean startup always it talks about like how to do a prototype very minimum which is called an mvp minimal viable product yep get mvp um oh yeah also doing three-day startups shout out to them um doing that where it's like you, you make a minimal viable product, you take it and be like, hey, like, what do you think about this product? And you do market research. And then, so you're not spending thousands of dollars on something that people might not want. You're able to spend, let's say like 20 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks on something. Maybe it's just your time. You might not even have to spend actual money to buy stuff, but you're able to, like, I think going through those different things help me prepare my mind for like hey i'm actually able now these days i'm able to start a company with barely any money and then like it's it's definitely i mean tough because like you got have all your pressures of people saying like hey like get a cutting job and you're like for me it was like no like i quit every single job i've had like i think the longest i've the longest one i've had was I was a shoe store when I was a senior year in high school and I quit because I was going to college, but I was already getting on like seven hours a week. Like, did I really have that job? Yeah. Like I would go in there for work for two hours and they say, okay, you can go home. Like, did I really work 
like so and then every other job i didn't keep for over six months because i get bored i don't like working for other people like i understand like i don't like their management style i don't like this i don't like that and i start nitpicking like so i figured that if i work for somebody and i'm not happy why am i gonna do that for the rest of my life like wh- why would i continue to work every single day go home and be like gosh i'm finally home like let me grab that beer because i hate it today like why would i want to have a job that's like where i am so excited for friday no when i had my beard oil company i was like yo it's monday hell yeah let's get some work done yep and then like like so i learned how to actually love mondays and hate the weekends because everybody was partying on weekends places were closed on weekends and like the real work week starts on monday so i'm like hell yeah let's Let's actually get some work done today. So like, I think it's just a like me switching my. It's like a switch of brain. Like, um, when I used to work out, I'd listen to this like in, inspirational video, hour long video while I'll work out, and I always felt like when you're growing up and you're around like a culture that's all about safe businesses, you're like in a bubble. And for an entrepreneur, you had to break out that bubble you had to switch your whole entire mindset you had to like fight everything that you're against like you're on you're in a glass ceiling which there's so many different glass ceilings but there's a glass ceiling from like a worker into entrepreneur and like to become an entrepreneur you had to go against what society tells you to do so it's like it's a challenge it's it's a super hard challenge especially when you're educated because when you're educated you start to you have um society giving you a lot of fears like that you're gonna fail Mm -hmm. but like sir richard branson i read his book and he was entrepreneur from like the get-go like he was selling newspapers um then he was doing subscription for like vinyls um and then he was like always doing something the thing is like he he had no fear he might have had, had fear but like how he did everything he was like what's the worst that happened like and that's the thing is like when you're a little older it's like you have more fears you're like well the worst thing could happen is like i could be homeless so with that whole entire mentality i was like okay well what's the most entrepreneurial thing i can do for my music thing and just say hey like put all the fear on the table, cut all the strings, have no backup. And that was buy van, live in it, travel the country, see what happens. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. I don't, I don't understand that expression. <laughs> so it, your, your relationship with peanut butter, you had mentioned that uh, oh, at yeah, one yeah, point yeah, yeah. that was a... Uh, okay, yeah. You want to share a little bit about that? Peanut butter and bread. So when I moved out to L.A., um all I pretty much ate every single day was peanut butter and bread because the bread was in the clearance aisle, could get for a dollar, and then the peanut butter I would get for like three or four dollars, and that would last me like a week or two. So like I was literally spending like a dollar a day just on food, and then I would spend a couple of dollars for coffee to get work done and use their services. Which was the cost for uh, for being there? Yeah, working. Yeah, because I don't like going somewhere sitting down using their services for free 
Totally. So totally agree. Well, and I think, you know, to your earlier point about being, uh, being educated and, and that being challenging and, and making all these decisions, I think one of the biggest things there is the fact that, um, I mean, anybody can calculate the risks, but, uh, with any accounting background and everything like that, like, you know, you coming up with how much you could spend on, um, on the peanut butter and, you know, on the coffee and all of that, like, that's very, very calculated risk. And to look at that and make that decision and, and making sure that that cost, the cost of um, minimalism, if you will, you know, by necessity, um, that is what got you to where you need to be at that point in time, right? And um, that being worth it for you and every day waking up and, and, and reliving that for a little while while you had to get through that slump, um, I think that's one of the crossroads where a lot of people turn the other way, right? Or they'll, they'll run that math and, you know, I, I don't want to do this. Um, for you, I mean, absolutely yeah. it was worth it. Uh, and see, I love numbers. That's, I mean, I love numbers is like always a part of everything for me. So I think understanding like personal finance, like, I, I understand that there's money always going to be everywhere. Somebody's always going to need something. So um, I was talking to somebody else that, and he was like, hey, when you move out to L.A., are you going to get a job? I'm like, no, because if you go on Craigslist, people are always offering for services um, that they'll pay for or like they need services done. So it's like people are always going to need something. They're always going to need their mow lawn. They're always going to need this. They're always going to need that. So it's like, if I go and try and get a job, then I'm just going to sell that job, hate it, work minimum. Like, instead of I could, when I need money, I'll get money. Like, that's how I've been living when I was in LA. Like, I got a job when I got to LA, did valet, did that for like a month. Quit. Hate the management. Um, and, I mean... Yeah, the management just, just sucks. So I was like, I'm not gonna do this. And then I um I already had money in the stock market, so I started trading. I think I in like a month I gained like a huge percentage because of the cannabis stocks went like skyrocketed. So I made like that, that was a good time. I was like making hell of money. But also I remember one day I was at Starbucks and um I bought a stock that I think they actually ended up being a scam, but everybody was pumping and dumping at this time. So on this day, like I made like 500 bucks and like, and then I sold it and then I bought some more and then I lost, no, I, I bought, I made like $200 and I lost like $300. So like it was something, it was like around those numbers where like I made a lot of money. And then all of a sudden I lost that money plus more. Yes. And then that's the first time like I had like one of those like um that was the first day I had um this special trading application on my computer where you actually see the numbers like instantly change. You know, like you can um because I was trading like from the internet and where it's like you had to reload the page to see the numbers change. But on this application, everything was changing instantly. So I was like I was like, ooh, I just made a five like money, like hundred hundreds of dollars, and then all of a sudden I just lost hundred dollars. I was like, oh, what's going on? So I was like, that was like the, my first panic attack that I had during um stock trading. 
risk reward, man. Exactly. It's a big thing. But like, I knew that there was always going to be money. So like, when the stock um, market was kind of doing like a bear, going to a bear market, which means like going down, which is hard to trade for me at least. Um, I started to find other ways to make money, and I was in like Postmates. Hated that. Did Uber Eats. Hated that. Like, because it's it, got to be hard in LA, because uh, oh, were, were you uh, one of the bike Postmates or bike delivery? Bike. Um, and it would drive me nuts trying to find everything because a bunch of buildings, a bunch of floors. Seems like it would be. Well, that's not the problem. The problem was that I was spending like eight hours trying to get at least $25. Gotcha. Like, I w- Well, people don't tip. Well, it's not that they don't tip. It's more of the, like, for Postmates, like, when you do one delivery, you get $4, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have to do, like, what is that, like, eight, six, seven deliveries mm-hmm. to, like, actually get $25 so I can pay 25 bucks from a hostel. So that's how I was thinking. And that was daily? That was daily. So I had to make at least $25 to pay rent for me to break even this is without food or anything this is just for rent so the problem was that i would go do like two trips i'm like yo this is this is a good day like two trips in like 30 minutes like boom 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 then all of a sudden it'll just go cold like for two and a half hours i'm at a coffee shop charging my phone so it doesn't die and i'm like yo i haven't gotten delivery like what's going on so it's like you'll get like so it was hard for i could not make 25 bucks unless i spent the whole entire day focused on postmates so i was like if i'm not gonna do this like why why would i do this i'm not able to do music and because of that scenario i was like it's because of that i'm not gonna get a job because if i get a job then i'm just like same thing i'm gonna be stuck so like i've been um listening to a podcast like of music producers and stuff and they're like did you get a job? And they're like, yeah, like there's no other way I could do it. And I'm like, good for you. Like if I had a job, I couldn't like, I, I just couldn't, I can't have a job. That's what I tell people is like, people are like, I get panic attacks thinking about seeing my resume in to like companies, like either it's for like fast food joints, accounting firms, like anything, unless it's music, then I'm like, yo, I'm just going to send them they won't accept me because it's more about relationships. It, like you have to know people. That's how it works. But it's like, I would get a panic attack just thinking about like, yo, like this would be a dope job to have. So I started to do, um, but then I started finding like other ways to make money. That time I was getting into, um, cryptocurrency. And then I was like, yo, this cryptocurrency is dope. Like I was making, I think I made like $50 just by watching videos. Like it was like um on Coinbase and it was like earn cryptocurrency. So I would watch a video about new crypto that they had and I'll earn $50 like from doing like four of them. Mm-hmm. And then I would do a lot of research. I found like a app where you can download games on your phone. You get to a certain level, you get crypto from it. So like in my phone, I have like, bitcoin and like ether from these games i played that's crazy so it's like during these three months i was like everything crypto and then i'm just gonna make a living off of making money off of crypto and then 
because that's when it was like going up. I'm like, yo, this is getting lit. It's like, it just keeps going. It keeps going. Late 2017. No, this is like, or sooner than that. This is like this year, like oh, okay. in the summertime. Yeah, yeah. And then now it's like down, but so like, um, but when it went down, I was like, okay, well, I gotta find a different thing to do because I'm not someone that can do these like why quit jobs. I can't do the same thing because I get bored. So, I, I started doing background extra work, and that was fun. I um, did like a couple music videos, even though I, I don't know if I actually broke profit on those music videos because you know Ubering and um, the time spent. I think I was probably getting like, I think I spent like eight hours on one music video and got like fifty bucks. Just terrible, like. Good experience, I'm sure though. I mean, it was dope. I met like um, a big artist um, that's signed to like Lenta Records, Lentic Records, and um, and then I met like networked good with the background people. But it's like, was my mon- was my money spent good? I mean, I didn't break even, so it's like, how am I gonna like pay rent? So I was pulling money out of the stock market, and then. Um, so it's just like, I always would, I always knew that there was money out there to be made. You just had to find it. You had to figure out how to make it. And one thing that they don't teach you, that's like one of the most, like the focus around entrepreneurship is that you find a problem and then like find a solution to that problem and then sell that solution. That's that's entrepreneurship right there. Like yep. that's where good businesses come from that's my whole that's my whole entire um entrepreneurship course my degree comes with find a problem find a solution make money off of it and uh, for 99.99 you can get uh the engelman uh diploma swipe up yeah there you go <laughs> i'll give you i'll just say that to you every single day just swipe up <laughs> so yeah like um i think that's that's the craziest thing it's like for instance, any video games, people want to be entertained. So make it something that's entertaining. Like there's always going to be a problem. That's why I love problems. Like problems are fun because there's a, there's always going to be a solution. Problems are money. Like, and I think from um, that aspect, you kind of go from a negative mindset to a more optimistic because it's like with every single problem, there's always going to be a solution that you can do something with, you know? Yeah, one of my favorite uh, recent reads, uh, Ryan Holiday, he just had a new book come out called Stillness is the Key, um, but I, I haven't read it yet. I've been, I've been studying for my CFP, so got to do the studies first. But uh, in one of his earlier books, um, um, The Obstacle is the Way, uh, he references Marcus Aurelius in Meditations, and uh, Marcus Aurelius, Emperor of Rome, most powerful man in the world at you know, 120 AD, or I'm not sure what the year actually was. Um, but he said that the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And, you know, it's not a necessarily a new idea, but so fundamental to, you know, a lot of people see a roadblock or see, you know, something keeping them from where they're at when that thing actually is what they have to do, what they have to overcome, what they have to come past and connecting that to, you know, problems and, potentially finding finding the way around whatever this might be and and turning that into the business and profiting it uh, off of it uh, it's hmm. it's pretty 
pretty solid thing. Speaking about books, there's a book called Go For No. It's a selling book, but inside of it, the biggest thing that I got out of it um, is that do, do something that scares you every single day and that, like, did nothing really scare you. Like, you know, like, yep. when I was doing that, I was actually wanting to do, like, a vlog series, like, every single day I was going to, for 30 days, I was going to do something that's more terrifying and then eventually my last thing was going to be, like, jump out, out of plane. Dude, that would do killer uh, the month of October. Yeah. Yeah, that would. But 20, I mean, 2020. 2020. Maybe I'll have some more money so I can actually spend on doing those scary things. One of my fears is like cockroaches. I don't know what I'll do with that. I just hate cockroaches. Dude, just, I, just go. Uh, my whole entire life. What was that show? Uh, Fear Fe- Factor. Yeah, just so, go full Fear Factor, man. Dude, I'll just I'll I'll hire that guy. Like when I have money, I'll just hire him. And be like, hey, like, can we just do a Fear Factor just for me? Like to face all my fears. Like and then I'll give you I'll give you the money and you just pay me at the end of it. Like there you go. So it's an investment. I I go against all my fears and then. I'll have no fears. And you'll make great content too. Exactly. And then I'll... I'll record it. Okay, I'll cool. be your producer. Let's, let's do it right now. Done. All right. I don't have any cockroaches though. Dang. Cockroaches. Yeah. We can go to Madagascar and get those big ones. Don't Or Australia where they have pets as cockroaches. Cockroaches oh, as pets. Is that a real thing? Yeah, I think so. Oh. It's disgusting. <laughs> So Engelman 2019, you, you, you're, you're through, you're over the hump. You're, you're through a lot of your struggles. Um, you're producing more music, um, at sort of a higher frequency than, than before. Is that fair? Um, I'll say that I'm not producing more music. I was last year I was producing a lot of ideas. Um, but now I'm just producing like one song putting all my energy, trying to get w- just one song out. So, like, I would say less quantity, more quality. But okay. releasing-wise, trying to... Like, I had a, like, I set myself goals. But one thing about, like, when you work with multiple people, I could never do group work because I would be the only one actually doing something, like, wanting to get stuff done because, like, everybody in the group was, like, either are lazy or they just want to look cool and not do anything. I'm like, yo, like, well, we had you do the coursework. Like, let's just get it done. It's the exact same thing in the entrepreneurial world. Like, like people don't, they'll sit, like, it's, it's just hard working with other people. So, like, that's the biggest conflict that I've, um, have come against is that, like, when I released a song with you, you were always on point. Like, hey, like, I'll record this weekend. Dope. You did it. You sent it to me. Gave you critiques. You gave it to me. Like, you recorded, like, the next day or something like that. And then, like, so you were, like, very efficient. And then, um, but it's, like, when I'm waiting on, like, weeks, like, months. Like, I want you to release a, tr- like, it's, it's just tougher when you're working with a lot of people yeah. on one track. Especially if you don't have a studio in your studio is your laptop. <laughs> and you need all the stars to align. One person has a busy week that throws everything off. Exactly. And- like you, it's so more, um, it's harder when you're at a level where it's not everybody can, is one, not everybody's entrepreneurial enough where like for me, it's like, I'm very entrepreneurial. I'm during all my 
Like, I'm risking everything for it. Um, two, they're not 100% in the game. Like, they might um, say, like, they're a music producer. They want all this stuff, but they're um, more concentrated on the work. Um, like, I know entrepreneurs that say, like, I don't care what my work job gives me. If they screwed over this week for me, then I'm not going to go to that. I'm not going to go. Like, I know people like that. Interesting. Like, where it's more of, like, there's, um, they their mindset is more of, like, their endeavors, not their job's endeavors. Like, they already set a schedule for me. It's not my fault that um, they can't, like, you know, like, like I already asked off for this day. I already had off, but you didn't even give me a twenty-four hour notice, like yep. stuff like that. Like people have trouble committing, and that makes the whole thing challenging. Exactly. So it's like, is is the exact same thing with like being in band? Like when I was in high school, like I was the only one that wanted to actually write songs and stuff like that. Like actually practice. So and I I think that's what's nice about this day and age, though, is like I could produce a whole entire track by myself. Like, that's what I did with, like, four hours. It was just an instrumental track. And then with um, three questions, I did everything by myself. I took um, Stephen Flipmas recording and made a song out of it. Like, he didn't have to do anything. Like, he, like I was going to say, you pulled it from one of his... Uh... Yeah, like, I just had an idea. And I was like, yo, I'm going to record this. And I put one of his questions inside my song and I sent it to him. He's like, yo, this is dope. Like, so I was like, okay, cool. He digs it. He's down for me to put it out to this world. So I got permission and then I finished the song. So it's like having more people that are like having a lot of people that are on a lower level music industry world is hard because they don't have either the time or the commitment or the their priorities are just different, but when you're making a living off of music, it completely changes everything. Everybody's like, "Yeah, let's meet, let's do this, let's do that, let's go to the studio because I have one." Right. Like you're you're actually like, "Hey, like we need to make a song because I need to get paid." Not like, "Hey, like let's make a song, let's collaborate for fun." Like no, like like I mean, I get paid to mix and master and produce for people, so. I mean, am I making a living off of it? No, it's really rental. But by the way, I'm gonna hire you. All right. Okay. Dope. Um, I'm done with my final studies for everything forever. Uh, you gotta be a financial singer. And uh, in by the end of 2020, I'd I'd like to finally get my darn EP out. And I'm gonna hire you to produce it. That's cool. Hell yeah. Cool. This is a. Uh, this um, counts as our contract, by the way. Yeah, it because in Texas, like you can just say, and it's a contract, right? Yeehaw! I think that's it. Yeah, in LA, that doesn't work. No, no, LA is sketchy. <laughs> in LA, even signed contracts doesn't work. It seems like no, nothing works. Um, dope. Yeah, let's let's make an EP. So music production, all that's coming along. Um, we made a song together. And real quick, I'd like to get into sort of your your process how you how you think about um new songs i don't know if you're getting the feedback but i'm picking up like a radio station in one of my ears that's really random um that, that's on my mic then oh, okay it's all good um 
so how do you start a song? How do you start a song? How do I start a song? Um, a lot of different ways. Um, let's see. If it's if I'm producing for somebody, I typically ask for a reference track. Um, maybe it's I don't know. Are you still getting it? Is it from a radio station or is it from my head? Oh, no. I, I think it was a radio station. That's interesting. Maybe you'll hear some. Yeah, it might come out. Hopefully, you, hopefully you don't get know. copyrighted. That's nah, fine. <laughs> um, so if I'm producing for somebody, I usually ask for reference tracks. So like, who do you want? Like, They're always going to be like, yeah, I want my own sound, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, but like, there's a difference between trap rap and like cutty rap. Like there's I don't know the difference by the way. Can you explain that? Trap rap. Um it's faster, it's um I don't know, it's Kid Cudi is like a, like sonar music. Like okay. it's chill music, different from like twerk music. Like okay. completely different raps. Right. Like people you can still rap in both of them. But it's like, if you're more of a stoner rapper and you're looking for a stoner song, why would I give you a twerk song? You know, it's like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, I mean, you can try to make it a stoner song. I mean, we can, like, figure it out. But it's like, if you're looking for a certain sound, like, a certain vibe, that's what I'm looking for. So, like... You gotta hone in on the genre, the vibe, whatever. Exactly. So, like, if you want... um, So, instead of all-time low... You want to bring me the horizon. Completely different. And even then, you got to be like, you know, is it 2008 bring me the horizon or, or 2019 bring me the horizon? 2019 bring me the horizon, I like. Dude, Ammo is such they're, a dope album. They're, um, they've been coming on my Pandora shuffle, and I don't think anybody uses Pandora anymore, but I do. That's how I find my, um, find new artists and new sounds. Um, my favorite off of that album is um, "Why You Gotta Kick Me When When I'm Down." It's such a good song. I don't know. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Is there a song like with "Home" on it? I think so. I think I like that song. I think, but um, yeah. So when I produce for somebody, I was I was for like a reference track or a reference artist, and then I'll um, listen to it. And then start producing right after it. Because, like, I'll have, like, that vibe in my head. It's not going to sound anything like it because, I You're mean, not going to copy it. Exactly. But it gives me the vibe. It gives me, like, puts my mindset inside of, um, it, it, like, how it should sound. And you go through, like, a catalog of, what, like, a million different sounds to be able to, you know, pull from and, and come up with your masterpieces? Um... Yeah, like, I'll go through certain sounds, kicks, um, I'll, like, on your thing, you can just search, like, kick, and all your kicks will come up, and you just go down until one sounds good. Gotcha. Same thing with, like, I don't know, like, you kind of go into this flow after producing for a while, you, like, my favorite thing about pro- producing is, like, when I'm in a trance, so it's, like, I'm just... I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. Like, like I'm just looking at my computer and everything is working. Like, it's it's a, like, did you ever have jam sessions? Oh yeah. In a band, like, 
You just play. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. Like if you actually stop jamming and you actually think it ruins the whole entire vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like that. I love that. And when I produce, it's like you just go go go. You're just in it. You're just making. You don't like. You're like, oh, let's try this, and you're just vibing it out. Like when it's when the song doesn't get good is when it's like when you're actually overthinking it because i mean you can kind of tell when a song is overthinked thunk or whatever like it's too um edgy there's no like flow or rhythm i don't know it's just different so um for me what i for my songs i usually have a layout already kind of set up so like um like, for instance, like, it'll say, like, this is the intro. I'll have, like, this fake drop, which is kind of, like, a, a um, smaller, like, probably, like, an 8-bar, six. no, I think it's a 16-bar drop. And then I'll have, like, this, the main focus, um, like, I guess, build or whatnot. And then I'll go to another drop. Like, that's, like, usually the main drop. That's usually my layout, and so I'll start around there, and then I'll f- first start with, like, I think recently I've been starting with, like, the kick first, just to the kick and the snare, and then um, after that, it's, like, just to get it out of the way, because, like, I may, I do four on the floor most of the time, like, when I, uh, just because that's the vibe I'm going for in my songs, um, and then... Then I started just searching through my database of sounds and whatever sounds good. Like on the track I'm working on right now, which is a hip hop track, and um, I use this sound. I think it's the same sound I use in Three Questions, but it's completely different sounding. Um, so you can reuse pretty easily. I mean, you gotta think like, do bands use the same guitars? totally makes sense do they use the same like a lot a lot of people i think don't want to use the same sound but for me it's like why not yeah like it's still a different song yeah it's like just don't make the exact same melody yeah don't do the same chords like i mean call it a remix i don't care like i don't know like people sample all the time like from other songs and put in their songs like is it the same song no plus you're the producer exactly so you're in charge. On this track that I'm making right now, I have this like little thing that kind of sounds like from this. It reminds me of Kirby, um, the video game. Mm-hmm. Like this. Shout out to Kirby. <laughs> I was gonna say Rip, but I don't think he's dead. <laughs> um, so, like, it reminds me of like stars falling, like, um, and it reminds me of Kirby and like a certain. I don't know how it reminds me of it, but it reminds me of like maybe a Super Mario. I don't know. It's something with like stars falling, right? So I'm, I produced this whole track. I like, okay, so since it reminds me of stars falling, I want to make a song about like the hip hop artists that are, have recently passed away, about hip hop artists that are dying from like, not just hip hop artists, just artists in general. Like 20, 27, my year of being when I'm 27 is like this, my scariest year. Like that I'm going to be, like I'm scared to be 27 because now you're 27 and it's time to be a legend like i'm 25 right now so i have two years like mm-hmm. and then at 27 like i'm not gonna do any drugs probably not gonna drink any alcohol like i'm not gonna do anything because 
I don't want to be part of the 27 Club. Because, like, 27 Club, ha- like, this gets a little dark, but, like, death has always been, like, a t- scary thing, like, a big part of my life. Like, I, death is scary, right? So, like, 27 Club is, like, a lot of people die when they're, tw- like, 27 through, like, the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, like, um, people are dying from, like, Xanax, being shot from fentanyl, like, all, like, I mean, people always die, but it's, like, in the hip-hop culture, people are dying right now, like, and so, like, well, this is a good time to, like, like, pay respects. Yep. So, and it's crazy, because, like, the song is all about, like, you're living your life, and then you go to a hospital, and then you, you get more famous after you die, because a lot of, this isn't just, like, um, in the music community, books, like authors everywhere like most media yeah when they die they get more famous like which sucks but it's like nobody knows who they are until and then they get in the media and they're like oh oh yeah i know that guy i've been listening to him for years it's like no you just listened to his first like the first song that's like the most popular song right now like what do you mean yep lights are dying (laughs) but um so yeah so like that's what the song so that the process of the song was like I figured out this sound that I loved, which is like my sound, I would say right now. And then produced a melody, and that melody reminded me of Stars Falling, which Stars Falling is like celebrities dying. So it's a lot of different connections. It's kind of like just an entrepreneur. And the entrepreneurial role is like everything just connects. Like you don't know what's going on. You just, it just all has to like, like connect in the right way yeah all the stars have you line so and that's got to be tough and and it's like that for every track anytime you're collaborating right but when it's you on your own for example uh three questions to your to your earlier point i mean like you said you pulled from uh steven's video and you know the the time frame producing that song versus uh the time frame producing the one that you're currently working on um what does that look like so the when I did um, three questions, I already had like an instrumental already done. Um, I think I named it like Super Mario or something like that. Like, and it was just like this instrumental that I made. Like, at, I worked two hours on it, um, one random night. And then when I had the idea to take his vocals, um, I think this was like probably the later that week. I like recorded it put it on it, sent it to him, he like dope, and I worked on it for like the next, probably the next week. Um, like not mixing or mastering, just producing. Cause there's like different levels. There's um, production, recording, mixing, mastering. So four, those are the four main levels. And so I already did a recording, which is taking um, this terrible recording done through an, like AirPod or I don't even know if it was an AirPod, but it was like through AirPod on live stream through Instagram, then ice cream recorded it. So there is no good, there's no way you're going to get a good recording. Right. So that gave me a challenge for my, the mixing on how to mix his vocals. And I'm not saying that the vocals are amazing. Cause I mean, it's super difficult to get amazing vocals when part of the uh, frequency is cut off. Yeah. So like, that's what sucked for me so i think it took me probably like two and a half weeks to finish that track um 
and that's that's was me not setting a deadline or like anything that was just me working like for fun nice so it's all different like now i'm trying to set deadlines when i set deadlines and i'm doing it for myself i make a song faster because i'm only counting on myself um but when i set deadlines it's harder to set deadlines with other people so it's just it can songs can um as you get better they go faster um production wise it's usually a lot shorter for me um just because it's actually i think it's mixing is starting to become a lot shorter because i'm getting better at it um but production is like the most creativity so you have to be in the right environment um the hardest part just starting like because it's just like going to the gym it's like uh once you're in the gym every single day it's just a habit but it's like once you get off the train of working out it's hard to get back on same thing with music like once you're off the train of producing it's hard to get back on because you're like dang like i'm not creative let's start looking at different sounds and start just playing around and then yeah yeah the more you're in it the better yeah so what is what can we expect from engelman in 2020 2020 what's Um, next for you so this year's i want to do like every year is a different theme so like this year it was all about numbers Uh, since next year is 2020 i want to make it all about eyes nice like vision like third eye like stuff like that illuminati yeah ice cream anything with eyes like i think it um I just read The Great Gatsby, like I've never read it. So I I sparknoted it, sparknoted it. Those guys are still around. Well, th- no, like that's what I did, like in high school. Oh, okay, okay. And so I remember it's crazy because like I remember this one, like section that I said like this was a huge like metaphor, and I read it, and it's like when I got to it, like yo, this is not a metaphor, like this is just like her just talking like what do you mean like I'm like yo like i start shame on you spark notes like i was like yo this is well this is like me like you know when you're in high school you're like what's the theme what's this what's that and like what's this symbols and i remember like this like thing it's about like a pink cloud i'm like yo like this is a great metaphor and this is like me not reading knowing what's going on in the story i'm like i read this i'm like yo that's not even a metaphor that's just her talking like I think oh, she man. was like just love talk or something like that. I was like, this makes no sense, but um, but the point of this conversation was like the theme of it is time, and um, in the I have a book that says like there's like notes and stuff in it. Like it's supposed to be like to talk you know, so more in depth about it. And I read like this intro. It was like the theme is time, and there's like over sixty different ways, like they say time. And I'm like, yo, that's amazing. Like, think about having an album, like, based off the Great Gatsby. Not like, like the idea of coming came from the Great Gatsby, where it's like the theme is time. So you have you can make sixty songs, all about time, and then you can just cause like timepiece and have an album. Bam, done. Like, so. It's rich. I think for me, I think EPs and albums are more fun to make because I'm always a concept guy. So 
I have like, like my first. I got this saga that's still in the works. Um, the first two EPs are like already out. Like those were my first main two EPs called Spaceship Two Neptune and um, Two Neptune, I think, and um or Neptune Two, I don't know Spaceship Two. I think it's Spaceship Two, and it's all about like going to space, going to Neptune from Earth and then coming back. Those thinking of like a concept like that, it's like easier to me the songs because I'm like okay, well. Like for Hubble, for instance, I'm on a spaceship, mm-hmm. so I can visualize what each song is about. So like, f- first song, biosphere. I'm in a like the biosphere on the spaceship. And then there's like paranoid schizophrenia, yeah. where it's like that's my favorite one by the way. Where it's like you're on a spaceship and there's like an actual thing where they test the astronauts, where they put them in like this little cube and you had to sit there and you don't know how long you're going to be there they don't know how long you're going to be in there for you just sit there in time like you get they it's a test to see if you'll get scared on being on, in a small space so like yo like that's lit so um i'm gonna do a song like that and because i had the idea that's how i got to be actually produce it so like the Very idea cool. the concept came before the actual song and that's more that's a lot more fun than again song than trying to figure out concept because then you're just like yo like this could sound completely different so like for four hours i sent this to a few people and they all pretty much said the same thing like sounds like you're on the grind like in a positive way it's like i'm grinding i'm happy like that's what it is i'm like yeah that's how what i hear when i play also like so i named it four hours for like four hour week like a book so it's like four hour week but like for in the entrepreneurial role you're not working for four hours you're not you're not not working right. even if you're clubbing you're networking if you're sleeping you're thinking like always working like you're always on you're waking up you check your messages you're messaging all these people like you're it's your brand so it's like when i'm on social media i post a story so people can see see that i'm so relevant like so i can get those profile visits up People can know I'm still alive. I message, I comment on people's stories, so like, so that we have build a relationship, a report, like all, like everything is business. Like I'm on my phone, and it's business. Like that's a crazy thing about entrepreneurship is like when you're working, it's like nine to five, and then when you go home, your mind can be free. My mind is just I'm a music producer like everything I do it has to be around music or another entrepreneurial endeavor like cryptocurrency is to help me live but I can find ways to like um, the browser I use tip creators so if I make like a twitch about me producing I could get tipped and stuff like that so like everything is like when you're an entrepreneur it's all connected always which is crazy but that's why it's called four hours I don't know if anybody knows that but I didn't know that yeah. I like that. Shout out Tim Ferriss. I saw. I week. never read the book though. Oh, you didn't? No. That's a good book, man. It's it's yeah. on my to do list for it, sure. It changed a lot of uh, of how I do things uh, for a lot of people. It did a lot of good for a lot of people, I think. I but it's definitely not about only working four hours. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think that's not what, not for me anyway. It was a little bit of a turn. the The title I think is a turn off for a lot of people, but well, I 
I could be wrong, but it's about like going from where you're able to get passive income and stuff like that, so you can able to work four hours if you wanted to. Right. Yeah. But I, I almost uh, what I pulled from it, and you'd probably do the same, is how we can automate so many things that we do to where I could shrink it down to four hours if I wanted to. But if I'm automating everything to where I could only work four hours, what happens if I automate everything and I work 12? Oh, that's what it's about? For me. Well, that, that's what like I got I never read it. the book. Yeah. Uh, it's a good read, man. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. I think, um, also think it's kind of crazy that like, picking back off that is like, people work eight hours, but how, how many of those hours are they actually working? Yeah, how much is on their phone? How much are they you know on Twitter? How, you know how crazy it is like when they go to the bathroom. Like people, I when you go to a gym, like oh yeah, people can't even work out for thirty minutes. No, I'm saying like the people that are working at the gym, like scanning in your car, like what are they doing? Like they're just they're just to sit and like scan your cards, like and answer questions. Like so, when nobody goes in asking a question, are they really working? That's a good point. Like, that's why McDonald's has those. I don't know if it's McDonald's here yet, but um, you can order your food. Oh, the kiosk? And, yeah. Yeah. It's because, like, might, might as well do it yourself. Like, Yeah. The kiosk thing is a big eye-opener, I think, for a lot of people. Engelman, as we, as we start to wrap this one up, what is uh, one piece of advice that you've got for anybody who has always wanted to make music? And then they, for whatever reason, like me, hadn't. Um, make music. Yeah. If somebody wants to sing, someone wants to make a song. No, that's the advice. Make music. Oh, just make music. Yeah. That's it. Um, I would say figure out, you need to have a, like a, um, focus, a goal, a, figure out what you want to learn. I always, because of college, I learned that I like learning. So, um, that's why I would be willing to spend eight hours a day learning Ableton, learning production, learning mixing, learning like what what aspect of the music do you want to learn? Do you want to learn and why do you want to learn it? Like, do you want to learn guitar so you can like play for people? Do you want to learn guitar so you can look cool? Like, try a lot of different stuff and figure out what you actually like. For instance, like, some people hate mixing, don't mix, just produce. Some people hate drumming, some people hate guitars, don't do that. Even though it might look cool, don't do it. Like, find something that you actually like. I mean, just like, like if you're a videographer, like, and then you want to try out music production, but you find out that's too um, technical, just edit videos. Like, I like editing videos, but I'm not going to be, like, going and spend eight hours a day learning video editing. I would do that with music. So, you just figure out what your actual passion is. But gotcha. try everything. Well, it's cool, man. I'll edit your videos for you. All right. Thanks. You produce my music. <laughs> uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you commit to something, like Eagleman said, do it. Uh, if you want to make music, make music. What other, what other nuggets did we have from this one? Um, if you find a problem, solve it and make money off of it. Yeah. Have a, have a peanut butter sandwich, uh, for this guy as you listen to, uh, four hours, which we'll link below and five seconds and five seconds featuring Nick Torres. Crazy. Still crazy. (laughs) 
super excited about that though. Um, you can follow, follow Engelman literally everywhere. Uh, stylized three uh, N G L M N. Yeah. So at three N G L M N everywhere. Uh, where else can people find you, other than everywhere? Um, I'm pretty sure on every single social media. Um, I just downloaded this new music underground um, app called Loom L U M. L U M. It's kind of cool. You can follow these. It's, I think it's called, it's meant for like, it's really meant for underground music. So like the U and the M stands for underground music. I don't know what the L stands for, but it's kind of like the SoundCloud with like Instagram, Instagram and Twitter mix. Interesting. So fans follow artists and they're able to retweet, like um, repost and um, to share it to everybody. They're able to, um, I think there's like, loom exclusives and like remix competitions um it's just a cool underground like music thing so i think it's gonna be the new soundcloud awesome because i don't like soundcloud follow engelman on loom (laughs) l-u-m yeah um guys thanks so much for listening or watching uh if you made it this far you you've listened for a really long time uh and i definitely appreciate it this has been episode one of the getting there show is that what i called it yeah cool because we're getting there because we're getting there ding (laughs) thanks for watching um thank you for having me on yeah dude thanks for coming england came from la I flew, I flew out here just for this podcast. Just for this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. He, and he offered me a water, so it's good. Yep. <laughs> We're even. <laughs> Eagleman, thanks so much. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Oh, man. <laughs> so my lights died halfway through. <laughs>